Welcome back to Healing Choices, Conversations on Addiction and Recovery. As people receive the COVID-19 vaccination and cases across the country are in steady decline, daily life is looking more like before the pandemic hit in March of last year. But we know through research and experience that the mental health impact of natural disasters such as the pandemic long outlasts the physical impact. And due to the longevity and intensity of COVID-19, experts say we may be dealing with the aftermath for years to come. In this episode, Mel Taylor and Lori Feaster discuss how natural disasters affect us and how we can help those struggling with substance use and other mental health disorders in the wake of COVID-19 and other disasters. Hi, Lori. Welcome. Hi, Mel. It's so good to see you. Lori, I'm watching closely as people start coming back to things that they haven't done for a while. And it's, it's occurred to me, for even in my own coming back and returning to things, uh, that I realize that I'm in a transition. Uh, I've gotten used to Zoom, much as I don't really love it, I've gotten used to it. It's convenient. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what is a normal expectation. What should we be expecting as humans kind of coming back into this this world and I will not ever use the word normal because I think we're going to redefine what that means for years to come but what could we expect to fall in what I would say is normative behavior that's okay everyone has it what does that look like well I think you answered that question about normal I don't think there is a normal for this day and age we haven't been through that this Our parents may have in early 1900s when there was war and famine, but we have not um, experienced this piece. We've had a little bit of uh, Harvey that may have given us some eye openings to what it could, devastation could be, but we haven't experienced this ever. So I think when we are coming back, that normal piece, we have to be really mindful of it's whatever's happening is probably normal for an abnormal situation. So well, I think as, as we transition, we have to notice our surroundings and notice where, where, where our feelings are. What, are our, what is our body telling us? Um, as I drove into work today, which I've only been here a couple times in the past couple weeks, I'm experiencing lots of interesting feelings as people swerve around me going 80 miles an hour in a 65 uh, lane, right? And I'm noticing how stressed I'm getting on the way. And just coming back into a building again and noticing masks and doing, seeing the precautions, even at this table we're sitting here as hand sanitizer. I can tell you that wasn't sitting here the last time you and I had a conversation. Right, right. Um, well, that was Zoom, but in, in person. Yeah. So, you know, I think that we have to be really open to the new experiences and not have a whole lot of expectations for perfection or joy. I mean, I think it's like we want to come back and say, oh, I want a hug and I want this and I want that. And we have to kind of go slow. Go slow. Walk slow, change slow, adapt slow, don't move too quickly, and don't have high expectations. Right. We have been in a time period that our central nervous system has been on high alert, especially in the beginning when we were looking at this pandemic and going, what is this? 
every opportunity uh, the television said you know something new or there was another story over here about another variant or uh, who was dying and who was not and uh, ERs being full and that capacity we we our poor little central nervous system was on high alert all the time and after a while that becomes from acute to chronic which then in that chronicity be, we begin to suffer with other issues, mental health issues like anxiety and depression and so on and so forth. Well, now we, over these last couple of months, the breaks have been applied a bit with uh, the vaccines and people not dying as fast and um, more protections around us. So we are not, uh, as alerted as before, but I'm going to tell you that that system has been impacted. Um, I, I don't, I can't say a blanket uh, statement like we've all been traumatized, but I guarantee you, we all have had some connection to that word. I noticed uh, my own tolerance for change, my own tolerance for people who uh, may be, you know, their mask is halfway down or, or, or let, you know, exposing their nose or wearing it on their chin or all the other behaviors. I'm far less tolerant of those kind of standards now. Uh, I don't have patience like I did 18 months ago. I could lean into this. I think the other, the other thing that I've known about myself is I carry a lot more judgment uh, because I, I try to follow science. I try to follow public expectation or in definition around common things. And then there are fringe groups that, I may or may, that may or may not be making good sense, but they're challenging science and status quo and it's got me in a tizzy i'm like what the heck i you know who do i believe how do i and so i eat my feelings right you know i'll just go have a donut well you are you are you're doing exactly what most people are doing in the face of fear again right and i mean this pandemic began with the big fear can we just, just say it out loud again it's fear isn't it it is fear absolutely i mean our lives were in jeopardy every time initially we walked outside and then we got afraid to touch the vegetables and the counters and the hands and the people and all those things because we didn't know and we had lots of information coming out. Now remember, this is what I think is fascinating, is while we have a wonderful prefrontal cortex, it hasn't caught up with today. We get that dopamine spike every time that little piece of news flashes and we wanna go look at it. And then we wanna go look and look and look and look. Like you said, you did your research. Right. Well, I'm gonna guess that was about that dopamine spike because you needed to continue um, and I support that because we need to make education, educational decisions. Yeah. And, um, but at the same time, you're getting a reward, right? Yeah. So it, the other interesting thing is this, this news that isn't necessarily like based on science because it gives us such a punch is six times more likely to land than other news. So when we get these, uh, things that we'd see, we are prone to go and keep doing that and keep doing that. Then we have that habit. Then we have that, what, addiction? 
So you're talking about you've got this information coming in, and so you go to the nearest sweet shop, and we take care of our feeling for that moment, but it only lasts for that moment. What do we do as we're, we're looking at fear? Um, I, I talk a lot with, with each week with several key mentors and, and mentees, people with whom I work uh, on a regular basis. And one guy said, I'm just going to quit listening to the news because it doesn't serve me, but I can't stop. What do we do with this, Lori? I mean, how, what do you suggest? How do, we, how do we shut down the input so we can manage it as we're, as we're looking at uh, moving forward? Well, that, that's a million-dollar question. I mean, I think if we're really looking at the addictive-type behaviors, we do have to abstain. We do have to find another way of dealing. How about, let's use the word cope. We have to cope with the fear. Yeah. Um, and so we can cope by identifying what's going on. I'm afraid. And I think that, you know, when we begin to talk that talk with safe people um, and like-minded people that can support us, then we can move through it. But if, if we are utilizing those unhealthy pieces, we're not going to move through it. It's gonna just grow bigger and bigger and bigger. So it is, it is about let's, let's identify it, let's begin to decipher what that means to us and move through that feeling. Some of us might need other help. I mean, um, I am so appreciative of Zoom as it has created the Zoom meetings that all our clients have been able to uh, get to and, right. and the folks uh, that need them, that hasn't gone away. Um, but it's not a substitute for the real deal. Um, and that is coming back. I, I have to, I'm glad you brought that up, the real deal. Uh, humans, in my opinion, are programmed for connection. We're programmed for connection mm -hmm. and we're not getting the right level of connection. Uh, I know I need it and being an introvert, I can deny that I need it, but I need it. And, and getting back to quote, a situation where it's safe, I'm around, a bunch of people that are all vaccinated where it's safe to hug or it's safe to high five or get close to somebody and whisper a secret or whatever. Just little things that I took for granted that weren't safe for 18 months were coming back. And I, I think it is important. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but as we get safe to renew those contacts, Absolutely. renew those connections. Well, one of the biggest um, part of this pandemic has been isolation. And while we might have been able to see people on Zoom or wherever, it, it, it's no substitute for the real deal. We, we need touch. I mean, babies die without it. So I think that that piece is very important. And we have to make really good decisions as well. How do we do that? And it is, we talked about this earlier, it is a safe and slow kind of deal. It's finding your sea legs, finding those ways of beginning to connect and ensuring your safety. My, 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 one of my colleagues is fond of saying, trying to move at the pace of guidance, uh, which I really like, is the idea of not too quickly, not too, too slowly, but is this the right move? Is it safe? Am I, am I moving for all the right reasons? Am I not acting out? Am I just connecting because I need it? And being aware of self, being aware of of what that means and, and just uh, moving at the pace of guidance. I think that's a, a, a safe way to think about it. 
So what, else, what happens when we, when we are not moving at the pace of guidance? What happens when we get out of control? What, what are some of the behaviors that you're getting calls about now, maybe that are, that maybe that are not different, maybe that they are different, uh, that people are calling our helpline? What are they wanting? What are they seeking? And what, what's showing up? Well, I, you know, I think across the board, we're seeing that while we're, those of us that have the mindfulness and awareness are going back cautiously. But I think that there's also a big part that let's zoom back in and, and expect to be where we were when this started. And so you might see what I'm, well, what I'm hearing is amped anxiety. Um, I'm, I'm hearing more and more. I mean, that hasn't ever left, but I'm, it's still there. Um, I'm hearing lots of depression because while there's expectation that we go back to the old, it isn't. Um, I'm hearing lots of anger at the things we can't control, <laughs> mm. which is most everything. That's what anxiety is, is trying to control the future. Right. right? And uh, it's an interesting piece where I had hoped that you know, we would come back and have more appreciation. I don't know if, if I've experienced that, nor am I hearing it. More um, appreciation for, for the world, for, uh, our, for each other even. You mm -hmm. know, uh, I think the difference between Harvey and this is Harvey, the community, came together. And we couldn't come together. I mean, there was slogans about coming together, but we really couldn't come together. Um, we were right. separate and, you know, in isolation. Yeah. Um, and what I saw in Harvey is people came in and helped from everywhere to get, you know, stabilized. And, and this has been a different deal. Yeah. This has got to help yourself, got to manage and learn to cope. You used that word earlier uh, in different ways. You've got to manage our feelings, but also manage the irrational things that are kicking up and stirring up. And, oh, by the way, we've been doing it with kids at home who are homeschooling. I have the greatest of respect and appreciation for parents of young children. I took it for granted being one of those many years ago, my kids are all grown. But I watch my son and his three and I think, God bless you. You know that you've learned to manage this and, 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 and do it. And I'm sure not everyone has done as good a job as they wanna do. Uh, in managing that. So there's a lot of cleanup, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of restoration of relationships and reaching out that uh, certainly would be a good way to start, start talking to people Absolutely. and reach out there. And, and just to the point of, I, I do, the homemakers, the school moms, the people that did all this work together really had to learn a new life. And I wanna also speak to those people that were uh, by themselves completely. Um, that was also a really big challenge for many of those that aren't introverts like myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, initially I thought, hey, this is, this is my party uh -huh. until about the third month. Until it wasn't. Yeah. And then I got, oh, this is really challenging. But I've, I've had friends that have really, really struggled with that part of being alone and not being able to have access to their family, um, not their friends and their otherwise, you know, safety boat. So I think it's been all around that we've really had to look inside to say, wow, this is a tough deal. Yeah, yeah. So for people that have struggled before, recovering alcoholics and addicts, 
from people that have struggled before. What do you what do you suggest to them now for those that have programs and maybe they've let them go or maybe it hasn't been the same? Any thoughts about I'll call it reentry? Well, I think reentry again. We have to find our we have to find our place again. We have to find our safe space. Even if it's a new space. Even if it's a new space, like you know, we're ta we're here at our building, but our venue is not open, and I've had numerous you know, people asking me, when, when will we get to go back to our meetings? Yeah. And, you know, time will, it will happen. It's just, we have to be really safe and not just us, those other people that provide those safe space have to come back on their own time. So it may be that we have to really do some investigating and finding that other place. In fact, I think that might be good for us mm -hmm. because we can get into the same mole all the time just because it's easy or just because it's known, familiar. So it, it will require a little stretching, you know. Um, again, you know, I think we have to still be talking to our people, our sponsors, our sponsees, um, keeping in uh, the things that we used to do that have always worked. Right. Got it. Got it. Uh, I know, I, I guess I, I'd summarize it, name it, know what the feeling is, claim it, talk about it, let others know what's going on, and then take some steps toward some definitive action. Uh, get involved. And if the places you've been hanging out that supported you are not yet open or they've changed, then maybe look, look wider, look beyond that to see other opportunities. Uh, I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to ever forget Houston is got a lot of scar tissue. We've had our fair share of disasters and we may be a little bit calloused. And I, I don't want to ever want to take for granted the compassion that Harvey showed in this community. And I suspect coming back from COVID, there's going to be a need for compassion and support of one another like never before. Uh, and realizing that these feelings are for most of us normal. It's not unusual to have high-level anxiety right now. It's transitioning, and in humans, in my judgment, humans don't deal with change automatically. We need we we do it at different levels, different people. And if we've lost our patience, we've lost our tolerance, we've lost our coping, we should be expecting to come back slowly. Sure. And I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, I we talked about the big. Uh, disorders but even some mild stuff like not sleeping um, headaches tiredness that lack of patient or irritability mm -hmm. um, these are the things that are really very common around this um, the, maybe not even enjoying the things that you normally enjoy which might look like depression but it's not always it's just I, I'm too exhausted like care today yeah um, the sun is out well today the sun is out and it's probably a hundred I'm not exact I'm not really exuberant over that um, when I would be normally right yeah and if I'm depressed I've I've really got a shut down system of finding joy it's hard for me to laugh or engage if I'm feeling sad or or otherwise a little bit lost or a little bit alone, a little bit isolated. So all of these things, you know, I would say to the listeners that there are lots of things we can do one step at a time, if you will, walking, taking a walk 
going to nature. I've, I've had a chance to get to some cooler country in Colorado, and I don't ever want to take for granted that opportunity that, to get out. And what a, what a rejuvenating thing it was for me to be in nature. Uh, to feel awe, to be inspired. I'm not alone. When nature, nature sends me that hard message, get out there and nature says, yeah, you're one of us. You're connected. And how, what a blessing that is. And again, you're right on a piece is that the earth pr provides us energy. Um, it would be really good to get your shoes off and feel it when, and ground down into that because that will help us connect again. What I mean, you've described meditation, you've described mindfulness, and I'm going to throw another one in there, and that's gratitude. You know, mm. um, you said that about yeah. Colorado, but it is a daily practice, is finding that connection every day is what you value and what is close to your heart. Um, some days it was the birds outside, just a chirping. Mm -hmm. Other days was just uh, sitting with my dogs. You know, it right. might not have been some big grand thing. This morning was my plumerias bloomed. Beautiful. It yeah. was it made my morning. And the aroma. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So find gratitude in small things each day. Simple things to do without doesn't have to be grandiose, mm -hmm. doesn't have to be big movement, but little steps, little movements that can help us stabilize. Great. And breath. Yeah. Did we say breath? Breath. Oh yeah, <laughs> breathing. That thing that we don't do enough. Yeah, deep breathing. Yeah, um, I, I know from my own training, deep breathing, five deep breaths, five deep breaths can change our metabolic rate, can change the way the thalamus uh, opens and, and closes different parts of the brain to, to calm down. It can reduce our heart rate, and it can let us gain perspective when we're feeling a little bit lost. And I think I tell people all the time, take five breaths mm -hmm. and then see if you feel a little bit better, and maybe you can find then the next step after the five breaths. So. And that helps with our rewiring. I mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly. a, a place that we can begin to rewire and come back to that uh, homeostasis place where our prefrontal cortex is in, engaged. So disasters are among us, and we're not done with disasters. So it treats us, it tells us, as we're on the verge of hurricane season in the South Texas, Southeast Texas, that things are always out there. And it behooves us to keep our toolkit sharp and ready, not just our disaster kit like water and food, but our emotional toolkit. Learn and practice mindfulness, breathing, physical exercise, gratitude list, loving on our dogs, mm -hmm. all of those little things in that toolkit will keep us more balanced and, and readily able to recharge and reset. Because that's what we're facing now is how to reset our emotional state of being and what we can do. So, yes. Lori, thank you. This oh, has been, I'm so happy to be here. As always, anyone who needs help and wants to process this and go deeply can call the council. We're here and happy to get back to you. Staff are available uh, at all times and want to help. This is why we're here. And I look forward to us opening back up very, very soon uh, in the near future and being able to connect in the deepest ways that possible. So thank you all and thank you to the listeners. We'll talk again.
This podcast is sponsored by the Council on Recovery, Houston's largest nonprofit provider of prevention, education, outpatient treatment, and recovery services. For more information on the Council's work, you can visit www.councilonrecovery.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If you or your loved one needs help with an addiction or co-occurring disorder, call 713-914-0556 to schedule a screening or assessment. You know someone who needs us.